what I liked to do was take my film after I developed it and I would burn it with a lighter. Um, that would leave some cool looking effects, really distort the film and melt it in some cool ways. Danielle Cecil, a recent BFA graduate of Saginaw Valley State University, uses a large format film camera to capture images related to childhood dramas in her current exhibition, On Thin Ice. This exhibition can be viewed in the artisan wing of the Saginaw Art Museum. Today, we learn a little more about Cecil's work and process. Make a plan to visit the museum and see the exhibition for yourself. Danielle Cecil is with us today. Danielle, um, appreciate you coming on the podcast. And right now, uh, you have an exhibition here at the Saginaw Art Museum. Um, and I would love to learn a little bit more about yourself and uh, a little bit more about your process and photography um, and go from there. Uh, you are a graduate of uh, Saginaw Valley State University. Um, tell me a little bit about your background in photography and how you ended up using that as uh, your medium. Well, um, growing up, I was always kind of in, into photography, but I never really could afford a nice camera. So I like I used a little point and shoot and, you know, so that kind of got me into it. Um, I actually started at SBSU as an elementary education major. Um, so that I'm not really sure what point in time that switched over, but I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. So um, I stayed at SBSU and joined their art department. Um, and I, again, I really wasn't sure what I was doing. I was planning on going into graphic design, but uh, it switched over to photography. And then I found myself absolutely loving film. So I started with the intro to photography class, developing film. I had never taken a photography class before. Um, that was my first with Professor uh, Hideki. Um so I loved that. And then I found myself getting into color film. Um, I was developing that at home, uh, doing a lot of work at home. There was a point where I had broken my shoulder. So I had to take a semester off for that. Um, but from the color photography, I really started getting into um, like destroyed films and other types of films. And so I would put different chemicals on my film, see what would happen. Um, and then I started, I liked the, uh, the aspect of the large format uh, film camera. So Hideki really got me into that. That's where that, that started. Um, so my process as far as that whole series went with that specific camera, um, I did a lot of journaling for a lot of the events that I went through as a child. Um, so I would, a lot of the time I would just kind of throw up on the paper and I would just write all the words down that would come to mind with the situations that I was having a hard time with. And, um, either it would kind of just naturally come to me or I felt like I would have to find something, but I would find these found objects that I felt related to me or my story or the event some way. And a lot of them, most of them are destroyed in one way or another. So either the object is destroyed or the film itself are destroyed or the print is destroyed. So um, in one way or another, there's all kind of some damage on there kind of relating to myself. So that's kind of how that started. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I noticed in a number of pieces how uh, the print itself 
um, you know, looks like it had been crumpled up and then unfolded again. Um, and you had, yep. you had mentioned this idea of destroyed film, uh, for listeners. Can you describe <laughs> what that's like a little bit more? Sure. Destroyed film. So, some people will do it with chemicals either before or after they develop and they'll put some type of chemical in there. Um, some people I've seen use nail polish or just really anything and they'll put it in their film just to see what it does. A lot of the time it'll distort the colors or um, something along those lines. Um, what I like to do was take my film after I developed it and I would burn it with a lighter um, that would leave some cool looking effects, really distort the film and melt it in some cool ways. Um, and then I also like to scratch my actual film after I develop it as well. So I can um, scratch out particular places that I don't want there. Um, so I can see exactly where I'm going with the pin or whatever it is I'm using to scratch that. So there's a multiple, there's multiple ways to destroy film or prints, but those are just a few yeah, I I suspect for uh, many, opening the back of the camera and letting all all the light in is is enough destruction for for most. But uh, it, it sounds like it sounds like you've taken things happen. to a new new level there. Um, and there's, I imagine there's a, a bit yeah, of, I do enjoy. It. Yeah, I, I imagine there's a, a level of unpredictability that happens uh, when you go through this process. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Um, sometimes you really don't know what you're going to get, um, depending on chemicals especially. You really don't know what's going to come out, um, where it, the chemical is going to be placed on the film. Um, you don't know what it's going to look like in the end. That's why scratching, I can have a little bit more control over it. Burning, same with that. I think burning's kind of in the middle, though. Sometimes you really don't know what you're going to get, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, um, this process of using your journaling and your photography together and, uh, the way that the words on the page may have informed some of the images that you, uh, produced here and, um, you know, how that, how that worked out in terms of some of the, the timing and the found objects. Uh, can you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So um, as far as the journaling goes, it would relate to, like I said, the events that I went through as a child. So I went through some not great things as a child, um, as many people do. And um, a lot of the things came from people that were very close to me or relatives and um, like physical abuse, um, emotional, mental and a lot of it to do with my weight at the time as well. So um, <clears throat> for an example, there's one photograph in there that's a picture of one of my figure skates. I was a figure skate for figure skater for many, many years as a kid. Um, and so kind of the aspect of that, um, writing down my feelings as to certain people that weren't around for that aspect of my life. So how angry I was, I would write down all of my feelings or anything that really came to mind and kind of manipulate it to see what I could do as a photograph out of it. Um, so for, for like my skating, um, some of my family just wouldn't come to any of my competitions or any of my shows weren't supportive certain people. So it was a lot of taking out anger against that. Um, 
I think most of the work is really taking out anger against the specific events (laughs) in general. So any of my private like journal stuff kind of got turned into a photo in one way or another. On this podcast before, we've we've talked a little bit about the way that art can be used as a form of um, coping or uh, a response to difficult situations, you know, specifically through this pandemic. Uh, how do you feel like making yeah, the photograph? How how do you feel like making the photographs has sort of influenced uh, the way that you're able to work through some of these processes now? And do you feel like there's uh, been a type of healing that's happened, or do you feel like um, there continues to be sort of this this drive to to use uh, your background as a, a source for creating more more material um i do feel that that specific series did help me a lot that was really my first place my first way of trying to cope with these things growing up i didn't like i didn't have therapy i didn't do any of that so i wasn't really sure how to deal with these things that were coming up But I do feel that that series did help me a little bit. And it also found, I also found a route to take my anger out or, you know, just a coping mechanism in general. So now I do find myself often pulling the same kind of events out of my head and still working with those. So I do still continue to do work based on those things. But I do also feel that that did help me when I did that series. Shifting gears just a little bit. Um, I'd love to hear more about uh, working uh, with the large format photography and um, sort of the the background to that. Um, you know, a lot of people are moving towards digital media. And uh, so the process of working with a large format camera, maybe you can describe that for our listeners a little bit more so that they have a picture of, of what what that's like. The large format film, um, it's kind of similar to what you might see in like a cartoon where it's the guy bent over um, underneath the black sheet doing, you know, or like the old style kind of cameras you kind of typically picture, I guess. Um, so it it's a, it comes in a huge trunk that you have to carry around. So I looked kind of ridiculous carrying this around campus all the time. But um, and then uh you have to set it all up. It takes a few minutes and then it takes a while to get it in focus. You have to slide the camera back and forth on this bar to get it perfectly in focus. And for me, it would take a while. My eyes would play some games on me. So, um, but then to be able to see what is behind the camera, you have to, you have to use that black sheet to black out the the light. So you can't see what you're looking at. Um, and interesting enough it is upside down in the camera when you're looking at the back so sometimes that does throw off your your vision as to what you were trying to create sometimes things don't compositionally don't line up exactly what you were picturing but it's I like the whole process I'm very much a process person so I enjoy it yeah well it's it I imagine uh there's a a level of commitment uh to the photograph once you uh bring the camera along and get it set up. And, uh, there's a a little bit more deliberateness about where things are placed. You really have to, it's not just a one snap kind of thing. Like it is with, 
even a, a regular 35 millimeter film camera because you have more than one in there with the large format you only have two pieces of film within the carrier so it's really you got to pay attention to what you're doing before you hit that shutter and and click it because you don't really want to waste film either so looking sort of towards the future um i'd love to learn more about maybe projects that you're working on right now or um where you hope that your art takes you um if you have those those plans in place or uh some some particular goals in mind um i don't have particular plans in place necessarily um I do continue to work on my art um I haven't been doing film as much just because I don't necessarily have a dark room to work in at this point um I do develop film here and there but I have mostly been doing a lot of painting and drawing actually um I'm still doing my digital photographs though um in the future I do plan to always do my artwork but I also would like to do maybe some sort of uh, commercial side of photography um, at some point so we'll see where things go I have a very open mind I don't really have a, a plan set in place with my artwork at this point oh that's great yeah um well, Danielle, I really appreciate you giving us a little bit background about uh, the photographs uh, in the exhibition. Um, and we look forward to continuing yeah. to watch where your creative path takes you. I, I agree. I'm excited to see where it takes me as well. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Saginaw Art Museum podcast. You can stay connected with the museum through our website and social media channels. We invite you to become a subscriber of this podcast or become a monthly contributor to the show to help us carry out our mission of providing art for all.